Hi, it's Jared from Celtic Down Under. On today's Spotlight Series podcast episode, we are joined by Tom McClellan from the Ottawa CSC in Canada. Tom tells us some information and history about the CSC, who it was founded by and when, and then we discuss other things that the CSC does. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Yeah, well, going back in history, I wasn't there um, in, in, the, in the early days. I was in Canada, but... It was first talked about in 1983. There was three. Uh, there's a there's a, a, a football team, uh, soccer, but you know football as we know it in Ottawa called the Ottawa Royals. And there was three gentlemen there: um, George Devlin, Charlie McFadden, and Ronnie Campbell uh, from Islay, uh, who were discussing getting together on a regular basis. Just to, in those days, it was just to discuss Celtic because there was nothing available. No satellite, no internet, nothing, right? Um, and I should add, by the way, uh, unfortunately, Charlie just passed away. He, we lost Charlie just before Christmas um, to cancer. But uh, those were the three guys who, who basically informally kicked us off. And then there was a, there was a few gyrations, Jared, before um, anything really uh, took off. And um, uh, Ronnie Campbell ended up talking to a gentleman by the name of Tom Campbell. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He, he's wrote a lot of excellent books about Celtic. Yeah, I've um, heard of him, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's actually, he, he was in Ottawa. He was a high school teacher, an English high school teacher. He moved back to Scotland. Well, he's, he's back in Canada again. He's actually a member of our, our supporters club now. So he's a regular um, a regular um, uh, participant in the in the in the uh, the games. He's he's always a, a he's pretty much a hundred percent attendee. So he's, he's a kind of Celtic uh, through and through. There's no doubt about it. And um, him and Ronnie um, finally hooked up. Uh, Ronnie did some research on him, and uh, their first meeting uh, eventually took place in December 1987. Um, and uh, you know, long story short, uh, the Celtic they actually, actually got together to watch a video called uh, the Celtic Story, um, which was it was in video at the time, and they got the video sent over from Scotland, and um, uh, the three gentlemen who formed the first executive in it was actually December 1987 when the club was founded was uh, Tom Campbell, uh, the, the, the guy I just referenced, Ronnie Campbell from Eiley, and Kevin Dale, who's a cousin of uh, George Devlin and Charlie McFadden's. And they really formed the first uh, the first true executive of the Ottawa Celtic Supporters Club. Um, so we've been here 30, 32 years now, right? So actually 33 years now, I suppose. Um, and we initially, we, we used to get the tapes of the Celtic highlights um, from uh, from the Hamilton, Ontario Celtic Supporters Club. Hamilton, again, another town just outside of Toronto, and they started to arrive regularly in the mailbox. And you know, a bit of a joke. They they used to, obviously there was the, the different formats for uh, videos in those days, and they, they were in PAL, um, which was the European format, and had to be transposed to NTSC, which was for the the North American uh, video players. So some of the quality wasn't great, but uh, at least the guys were, were able to start watching the games. Um, and then the first real meetings took place early the following year, and we started off in um, uh, Huey Campbell's basement. Um, 
that that was really where they, they got together to watch the, the the first games. And then the advent of satellite coverage of the old, at least of the old firm games, meant that the video video nights became less frequent. Um, and highlights of that period, uh, believe it or not, we included the presentation of Player of the Year awards by the Ottawa CSC to the recipients of Celtic Park. Ronnie Campbell uh, made the first presentation to Pat Bonner, and Huey Campbell had a great video made of his presentation to Paul McStay. So there was you know, strong ties already uh, put in place with uh, with our with our uh, um, Glasgow uh, kind of mother house, so, so to speak. Um, and then from there, uh, the satellite games started to become more readily available, and we made a, a fairly uh, serious and, and important decision. We finally decided to join the North American Federation of Celtic Supporters Clubs, which is pretty vast in the continent here. There's, there's clubs from Vancouver to Montreal. There's at least three in Toronto. There's one in Ottawa. And there's literally dozens throughout the United States. And every two years, there's a big uh, get-together. Actually, there's, every year there's a big get-together. Every two years, there's a major one in Las Vegas. And I'd, I'd be hazarding a guess, but I, I've got a, I've got, I'd have to estimate about 10,000 Celtic supporters descend on Vegas uh, for the week, which involves say, an AGM and uh, you know a, a dinner dance, and there's usually a few, a few guest players come over. Um, and then uh, 1997, we held our first dinner dance, and in 1998, we actually took uh, a bold step of holding a much bigger event. We invited uh, other clubs in North America, and we actually got Tommy Gemmell to come over as our guest of honour. Um, and it, it, was a, it was a massive undertaking, but it was um, uh, mostly arranged by a gentleman by the name of Bernie Carroll, and he really helped uh, uh, get that thing going. Um, we're right now based in a, an Irish pub in the market area in Ottawa called the Hampton Crown. It's uh, despite the name, it is a is a very Irish uh, Irish pub. Previous to that, we were at the, a place called uh, James Street uh, Tavern for oh, 20 years, and then from 1995 to 2001, uh, we were based uh, at the Celtic Cross, and then. Probably just before that, we were at the Bytown Tavern. So we've moved four times in the space of those uh, 30 odd years, Jared. But uh, um, there's been a core group of people stayed together. I probably joined the club in the early 80s, um, once it was, uh, sorry, early 90s, once it was going. Um, uh, But there's been a kind of core group of, I would say, 15 to 20 people. And we've usually got about uh, 25 to 30 people uh, on the uh, on the actual uh, um, uh, list of uh, of, uh, of members. So, so with that, with that there, um, talking about the memberships, like so, you've got currently the 20 20 to 30 sort of members. What's the process if you were if there was a team around the area who wanted to come to the CSC? Um, well, anyone who anyone who comes to town um, and the we're 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 basically on the you know, we're, we're on the uh, the list of Celtic Supporters Club on the NFC uh, 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 site. Uh, they're more than welcome, and we 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 typically let those people in for free. Uh, but we've had uh, so we've had we've had 
uh, guest members from everywhere, from Vancouver to uh, to uh, Los Angeles, to New York, uh, to Montreal. So um, uh, anyone and everyone uh, who's a Celtic supporter is more than welcome to come to the club. That's good to hear, because yeah, one of my questions I had was if you're an out-of-town member, say from if someone was over from Scotland or if someone was up from America, they'd be more than welcome to come along by the sounds of it, so that's always great. Yep, absolutely. In fact, even when my family, my family come over, um, obviously there's a, I've got a strong Celtic background in my own family. Um, they're usually, we usually go down to one or two of the games when they come over as well. So, uh, But definitely it's a it's free and open to all, the more the merrier, Jared. And how regularly are games shown at the CSC? Is it through Celtic TV or satellite TV over there? How do you get your games now? Because you mentioned earlier about the old tape that you had and then the change yeah. to satellite. So I just wanted to find out how it's working over there. Well, it's, it is Celtic TV. So every game that Celtic TV broadcasts is shown at uh, the Heart and Crown. So we basically... Uh, I have a, an annual membership with uh, Celtic TV, and every game that Celtic Celtic TV uh, basically um, uh, transmits, uh, we definitely pick it up. Have you been having any trouble with the feed over there in Canada? Because we've had shocking run of it down here in Australia this year. We 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 have uh, kind of fits and bouts of uh, kind of uh, interrupted uh, transmission, but by and large, it's not too bad. It's, I would say, you know, it's certainly not 100%, but um, if I was to uh, give it a score from 1 to 10, it's probably about an 8. It's it's not too bad at all, actually. No, that's good to hear. Yeah, we've had a few games where the salty TV's down, all you're getting is like commentary on delay, or you're getting ones where it's um you can't even get it on like the illegal stream CSC, as we call it. Go online and find a stream. So it's like... Right. It's just, yep. And then being sports, as the other guys who carry the Scottish League down here. But like recently, we've had the last four or five games shown. But before that, all through December, we had one one Celtic game shown that wasn't the derby. That was it. And the rest right. of the show were the Rangers game. So it's yeah, that's why I was asking. Just try and figure out look how much better off you guys have got it than us. Yeah, I, I, I still think they could do with improving their uh, their own facility, Celtic TV, but. Uh, um, you know we can't complain. I, I would say by and large it, it, it's it's usually pretty successful. Yep. So just jumping ahead a bit, does your CSC, does Ottawa CSC support any local charities or any charities linked with the club? Yeah, we we actually um, <clears throat> one of our one of our older members actually died of uh, multiple sclerosis many years ago. Um, so every uh, every year um, we uh, we provide a donation to the MS Society of Ottawa. Um, we have uh, three or four quiz nights a year, and half the proceeds of the quiz nights go to the MS Society. Um, uh, we also have a major drive at Christmas for the the men's mission, um, and that's basically to provide. Uh, the homeless with Christmas dinners. They use the money for other things, buying them socks, gloves, uh, toques, whatever, whatever you, you you think they, they, they may need for uh, to get them through the winter. But uh, it's primarily to basically make sure that uh, those people uh, get a, a, a nice hot uh, Christmas dinner. We do that in, in conjunction with the Celtic Foundation. They, they help to top up the funds. Uh, last year, we gave a check for 
uh, $7,000 Canadian to the mission. And uh, this, the, the, just the past Christmas, it was about six six thousand six hundred. Good work. It's uh, great to hear that. Do you run any other raffles when games are on, or promotions, or any fundraisers and stuff that lead into that money that you're donating throughout the year? And if you do, what what exactly is it that helps you raise that funds to go towards these charities? Well, well, Ron, Ronnie's Ronnie Campbell's been pretty good in that area. He's provided some pretty rare scotches that we've put up for raffle. And like I say, the quiz nights themselves, uh, the members uh, either themselves or through friends of friends or just other businesses in the area uh, will provide uh, raffle prizes. So it all helps to basically um, um, uh, basically uh, raise the interest in the quiz nights. And those quiz nights have been fairly lucrative. We're, we're usually talking about Oh, six, seven hundred dollars every quiz, and half of that money goes right to the MS Society. And like I say, we usually run three or four a year. Um, we've also done other special things, like uh, I think there was a fund for Dunblane. Um, there's been one or two others, but but we try and stick mostly to the MS Society uh, and the mission as our as our two major recipients for uh, for any kind of charity. All right. Is the CSC linked to any local football clubs at all in the Ottawa area? Um, there's nothing formal. Uh, we we have had uh, again. I should have mentioned here that there has been some charity football matches, like five a size in that, with other teams. Um, but there's no formal linkage. But there's definitely a strong informal linkage with the Ottawa Royals, which again, like I mentioned previously. Is primarily made up of uh, Scots, Irish, and, uh, and English uh, players. So there's always been a strong tie to that. And like I say, the founding members of the Ottawa CSC were actually um, uh, ex uh, Ottawa Royals players themselves. That's good. So just a quick one here. Do you have any uh, former players or famous fans that have come to your CSC at all for games? Well, like you mentioned, Tommy Gemmell is obviously the biggest name we've had over. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's probably uh, the one big name. Um, other than that, uh, it's basically been more or less us attending, uh, you, you know, the the NEF, the North American Federation, um, get together every year where there's always a number of guest players that are invited. But uh, Tommy Gamble is definitely the, the only the, he's the one that definitely comes to mind uh, right off the right off the cuff, Jared. With the link up with the NAFC, CSC, how exactly does that work from a CSC perspective for the Ottawa guys? Like, how does what do you get out of it? What do you put into it every year, and how does that work together with the other CSCs? Um, it, well, it, it's again, it, it's a bit like this. It, it really is just to communicate that we actually exist, and and it helps with other uh, other members of other uh, um, CSC clubs in North America. If they're ever in town, they've got a port of call if they want to watch the game. That that's probably the the primary benefit you get. And then of course, there's the bigger get together uh, annually. Um, where there's a like a huge uh, a huge uh, Celtic congregation get together. Um, uh, other than that, um, I wouldn't say there's any kind of other formal meetings or, or get-togethers. It, it really is a 
I kind of more of a case of um, uh, making sure people know we exist and that we get to be part of uh, of, of the, the the larger kind of get togethers that NAFC FC uh, hold every every year. Nice. So with um, your CSC, do you have any interesting stories or anything from games that have happened that you want to share with us, or is that all? You want to talk out of turn if people did something a bit illegal or whatever? Um, uh, I, I I don't know. I just um, I can't think of anything um, anything that would be uh, worth of worth worthy of repeating. To be honest with you, I mean uh, we we've we've hosted some some big games and there's been some huge uh, huge huge audiences. Uh, obviously, for the Celtic Rangers games, we we, uh, we always get a uh, a lot of walk-ins. Um, so definitely, there's there's been a there's a lot of uh, additional interest when when those games come up, as well as the European the European games as well, Jared. Um, the Tom Tommy Gamble in itself was quite an experience because he's quite, he, he was a really funny man, but he was a a very down to earth individual as well to talk to and. Uh, uh, he, he really made uh, made that our night when we had that uh, that big dinner and dance function. All right. So on a personal level for yourself, what's the most memorable match that you've ever been to, like live? And what's the most memorable match that the CSC has hosted, and why? Well, the most memorable match I, I, I can ever remember. I was uh, I was 15, and it was 1970, and it was uh, um, Celtic versus Leeds United at Hamden Park. Jeez, I've heard that game. <laughs> yeah, there was a hundred. Yeah. It, it, it still is the largest. Still the record, isn't it? it? It's still the largest attended European game on record. There were 136,000 there that night. Uh, the reason they moved it to Hamden Park from Celtic Park was just because of the. The demand for tickets. Celtic Park in those days held about 70, 75,000 people. It was the days before uh, seating was mandatory. So they moved it to Hamden Park, and uh, I went up. I was, I was at, uh, I'm, I'm born and bred in Dumfries, and I went up from, with the Dumfries Celtic Supporters Club um, for the game, and uh, that was, you know, the, the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. So personally, for me, that was the biggest game I can remember. I've been to some other European games where I was in the jungle, Celtic Benfica, Celtic Fiorentina, uh, and obviously a number of uh, uh, old firm games. My first old firm game was 1969 when Celtic uh, beat Rangers 4-0 in the cup final. Uh, McNeil scored, Chalmers, Conley and Lennox. I still remember that game and I was only I was only 14. I went up with, with, with the school bus <laughs> to that game, but but nothing could compare to uh, the Celtic Celtic Leeds United game. That that was uh, by by far the the most memorable game I'd been at personally. What was the atmosphere like for that game? Was it was it oh, did Leeds have a good travelling support as well, or was it majority no, Celtic it, fans? It was it was majority Celtic. I, I would say there was obviously more than Celtic fans. I think uh, there's obviously a lot of. Scott, let's say Scottish fans, because it was it was a Scotland. It was it was for one of a better phrase, it was Scotland versus England. Even though Bremner was the the captain of Leeds United in Scotland, uh, it was still seen as being the Battle of Britain. So 
Um, it, it was a, a huge audience, and it, it had to be more than just Celtic supporters there, but obviously they were the, the largest contingent. But there wasn't many Leeds uh, uh, supporters came up for that game. Um, I think, uh, well, we were already 1-0 up because we beat them 1-0 at Allen Road. Conley had scored down there. Um, and this was the return leg, so no, it was uh, it was something special. I just love hearing about the Lions and old games like this, but it was before my time. I was just yeah, it's just brilliant. Like I've watched many of their games back, and it's just like unbelievable football. So jealous you were there, mate. Like oh yeah, well well Jimmy Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, Terry Cooper in his ass two or three times. He just couldn't live with him, man. Yeah, that was the old dirty leads under Don Revy, wasn't it? That's uh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they go kick him, you know. Yeah. Him and uh, uh, Charlton, uh, Jackie Charlton. Yeah. And as far as the two games we've hosted here, well, the first one would have to be the demolition derby in the year 2000, I think, when Larson had that chip shot to 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 beat them 6-2. It was one of, I think it was Martin O'Neill's first Old Firm game. Um, again, that we, I wasn't in the game, but the atmosphere at the club was incredible. Um, and again, it was just like it was. It was a one-man demolition called Henry Larson, and uh, I suppose the other one was uh, when they beat Man United one uh, 0 in the Champions League in 2006, when Nakamura scored that uh, incredible free kick. That goal. Those, 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 anyway. those are the yeah. Those are the two that, that definitely stay in my memory. I will never forget those till the day I die for sure. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, agree with you. Like anytime anyone mentions Nakamura, straight away first thought that Colgan's Man United, unbelievable player. I can't believe he's still running around at his age now. Yep. All right. So you've got the Vegas convention coming up this year. Yeah. You got many um, of your CSC members going down for that? Uh, there's usually about a dozen of us go. You know, give or take. Uh, Sandy, how do you, what do you do? Is you travel down as a group, get the group accommodation done, or do you book it all through the NAFC CSC thing because they get? They get it's, all through, it's, all, it's all done through the NAFC CSC because they get preferred rates for uh, for the hotel. Yep, oh, that's great. That's uh, great because yeah, we got the huddle down under that we have down here every two years. This year it's down in Melbourne, so ours is in June this year. So I'm sure there'll be footage of our one going around as well. So it's going to be a good year for Celtic. You've got. Something in Thailand, you've got coming up, I think it's next month, you've got the Vegas one, you've got the one down here, the Huddle Down Under. It's going to be a good year for Celtic fans to get their party, meet each other and just have a few drinks and, you know, have some bit of crack and stuff like that and have a bit of a good talk. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's really, it's quite the sight to see about 10,000 green and white shirts in, in Las Vegas, I'll tell you. <laughs> I saw some footage last year and I was like, well, last time there was all these videos of people getting up going, nah, can't see him coming. And then you had all the um, other videos of the pool, which was just full of people wearing hoops in the pool and around the pool with all the flags up. And I'm just like, wow, that's yeah. it's good to see that sort of stuff there. Love that. So yeah, it's, have yeah, fun when you go then. Yeah, two or three thousand people in, in the in the in the back of the, the hotel singing the fields of Arden Rye. It's, it's quite something, I can tell you. Yeah, I think you need to see that with your own eyes at least once in your life. So I yeah. think that's on the bucket list for myself. Now I've got one last question to a uh, bit of a random one because you said you've been involved with the CSC since the early nineties. Was there a massive jump in coverage over in Canada? 
when Fergus bought, took control of the club? Was there massive media coverage or did you notice a change over there yourself when that happened? Um, in what way did you mean a change? Like, were you getting much TV coverage or media coverage in the newspapers or anything like that? And then, because Fergus being based and made his wealth over in Canada, I'm just thinking right. maybe there's a there's a link here. Like, suddenly a Canad guy who made his money in Canada has gone back and bought his club. Like, maybe they'd see a boost of stuff in the media, stories. You'd get more games shown. I don't know. That's just why I'm asking. Um, I, I don't think there was any any kind of additional special coverage, to be honest with you. I mean, you're right. He, 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 he was a Canadian. I don't know where he was actually first born, but he's lived most of his life in Canada. Um, I, I wouldn't say there was any extra coverage here. I think most of the, there'd be more coverage definitely in Scotland than there was in Canada. Because remember, um, as, as much as there's a, a, a strong footballing influence here and it seems to be growing every year in North America in general Jared um, uh, Canada is very much a, a hockey country, the National Hockey League yep. um, and uh, in the States of course it's hockey, it's basketball and it's NFL so I, I can't say that there was any kind of special kind of headline news about uh, what uh, Fergus was doing and, and and in those days, remember, the Atlantic Ocean was was much bigger, so to speak. I think if if that was to happen today, there'd be much more media coverage just because of social media, the internet, and all the rest of it. But uh, in those days, um, I, I I can't recall we knew about it, but in Canada, but I wouldn't say it was given headline news. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. For down here, it was like because that was like I was early days for me starting to follow the club a bit like I'd spend my pocket money every week on the British Football Week newspaper that's how I'd find out all the way down here in Melbourne Australia like over there's no internet we wouldn't get any coverage in our papers so that's why I was just wondering what it was like for you guys over there Canadian buying the club and everything I wasn't sure if there'd be anything more noticeable or whatever but yeah nowadays you're right it'd be huge huge news you'd be able to so you've got like your sports centres, you've got your ESPNs, yeah. you've got your internet, all that sort of stuff. It would be a huge deal. But yeah, I was just, just wondering how it was back back then for yourself. In in those days, it was it was tough to even get uh, the even the Scottish Premier League or the First Division, as, as it was called a long time ago, even just to get the scores in the press here. Because I mean, football or soccer to to, to North Americans. Was uh, was uh, was a, was a non non event, you know. They they, they didn't, didn't really care about it. Like I say, that has changed uh, drastically. Uh, um, I mean, the number of foreign players uh, coming into North America and playing now with Toronto FC, Beckham's just basically started his own team up in up in uh, in Miami now. Um, uh, so there's there's much more awareness. There's much more interest. Uh, in Toronto, especially such an ethnic uh, diversity in, in Toronto with um, a lot of South Americans, a lot of Europeans. So they basically have a capacity crowd every game, about you know twenty two, twenty three thousand people. But again, in those days, no, there wasn't very much at all, Jared. To be honest with you, and again, it's just a lack of kind of global social media access. That, that that's what it came down to. Yep, it's the same down here. So yeah, uh, well, it's a 
worth asking the question. So do you have yeah. any events coming up at the Ottawa CSC the rest of this season that you want to uh, tell us about? Well, we'll be having another quiz night uh, early in March. Uh, like I say, that'll be, a, that'll be our first one in, in 2020. And it'll be the same old format. Uh, we, we, we have the quiz nights at the, at the Heart and Crown. And we usually get about, uh, you know, usually around 50 people there. Um, and uh, it'll be the same deal. Half the money will go to the club, half the money will go to the MS Society. Um, uh, that, that's a, a, and then there'll probably be another quiz probably towards the end of the season. That's the only uh, two major things we've got kind of on the books right now. All right, sounds sounds good. Like you're saying, 50 people, and you said earlier in the podcast that you know you're making about what that six seven hundred dollars or whatever it is to go to the charity. HM, that's that's a good earner. Good good for the charities. Good for the club. So yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, and we've been supporting the mission for a number of years now. We uh, we were able to give them several thousand dollars every Christmas, which uh, they they uh, yeah, obviously appreciate very much uh, because it goes a long way to. Uh, allowing them to fulfil their their kind of commitment to make sure that the, the homeless are well fed at least on Christmas Day. All right. So if you're ever in the Ottawa area in Canada, make sure you uh, look up the Ottawa CSC. Head in, watch a game with them with the guys over there. You can yep. find the social media for the CSC. We've got them on Twitter. It's at Ottawa CSC. That's right. Facebook, there's a page Ottawa Celtic Supporters Group Club. Yep, and we'll and we should also and we'll be we'll also be on the list of NEF CSC clubs as well on the, on the World Wide Web. Yep. Is there an Instagram account for the club or just Facebook and Twitter? Just on Twitter and Facebook. Yep. So yeah, and you got so guys, go to the uh, if you're ever in the area, go watch a game with Tom and the boys over there. Thanks for your time, Tom. It's been great learning about your uh, CSC in Ottawa. Yeah, fairly, fairly young club, but, uh, but we're still going strong. And I think the, the nice thing is that, you know, we've got a, a good core membership, and many of them are, are, are have been with the, with the, the CSC since uh, since its inception, Jared, which is nice. And like I say, we we do have a little bit of a, a, a celebrity with us, with Tom Campbell, who is, you know, very much revered as one of the best uh, Celtic authors uh, going around. So uh, we, we, we consider ourselves very lucky and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll continue to keep the faith. 